been driving. Oh, I've been wasting all my gas all night. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nhte.net. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. Be sure that you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and TuneIn Radio. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me on location here in Orlando, Florida, my guest is a singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist. NPR said that my guest, quote, taps into the tradition of American songwriting, end quote. She has worked with several notable producers, including Greg Reich, producer of Deep Purple and the Backstreet Boys, and most recently Ben Cooper, co-writer of Ricky Skaggs' Grammy Award-winning album Mosaic. Her seven-song release in 2015 came via an overfunded crowdfunding campaign, She just returned from traveling internationally, and in late July will head to Memphis to record her latest single. You've been hearing a song of hers entitled Passenger Seat. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Kat Ridgway. Hey, how's it going? Great. It's nice to finally meet you in person. (laughs) Yeah, likewise. Thanks for getting together to do this today. Oh, of course. Be forewarned, I've got a lot of how-did-you-do-that questions today. <laughs> First, though, let's start off by having you talk about the song that we were just playing, Passenger Seat. Sure, yeah. Um, I had just kind of gone through a breakup not terribly long before I started writing the song. And um, I was just thinking, you know, it'd be really nice to have someone sitting in the passenger seat of my car as I was driving around lonely. <laughs> and uh, So the song kind of came out. Um, out of that idea and I was listening to a lot of Death Cab for Cutie as well so kind of a lot of sadness going on Um, and then I met my writing partner Ben up in Nashville and we started to finish the song together and um, it ended up on Passenger Seat and being the title track of the song or the record so that was really fun (laughs) See, and I I tend to read a little too much into things because the song is about Passenger Seat and you just described it would be nice to have someone there I'm like, hmm, was she driving down the road and looking over at the empty car seat and saying, hey, this would be nice, and thus it's a good idea for a song. But, I mean, as we all know, I mean, a song can hit you as a songwriter anywhere. The idea. For sure. Yeah, I actually have a really distinct memory of driving down Markham Woods Road, and it was nighttime, kind of rainy, and I looked over and I was like, man, that is a very empty-looking seat. (laughs) (laughs) Now, for the listeners who are anywhere but Orlando, Markham Woods is where? Um, That's like just outside of Orlando proper, um, probably about 20 minutes outside the city. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, in the intro, I mentioned your seven-song release in 2015. That was actually titled Passenger Seat. But but here we go. Here's the first question I, I told you I'd have some of for you today. You did a Kickstarter campaign, and you exceeded your goal. Yeah. Um, how, how did you do that, especially given that prior to that, you had released one full-length album, meaning you weren't a long-established art, artist you know, with a, with a hearty catalog that everybody was familiar with. Yeah. So how did you overfund 
that project? Yeah, you know, that's a question I ask myself still. <laughs> um, a lot of research and a lot of hard work went into that project. Um, my parents, God bless my parents, they helped me so much with all of this stuff. Um, but we sat down for a couple months before we ever launched that Kickstarter and looked at all the statistics of what time of the day do I post? What month wow. of the year is it best to do a Kickstarter campaign? Wow. What days of the week should I you know, do X, Y, and Z? And all that kind of stuff. Um, I was playing shows like a madman. Every single thing that came my direction in that span of 31 days, uh, I took. I was playing, I think there were a few days I had multiple shows on the same day. And at each one, I would got, I, I got these little printout things printed. And um, I would hand them out to people and be like, hey, if you liked what you heard today, like, please check this out. Um, and I was talking to people as much as I could. Um, and just... The email list is is very crucial, so getting people to sign up for the email list, keeping people up to date on, you know, all the progressions we were making with the project, with the songs, um, and yeah, it was just a lot of groundwork and me being in front of people and trying to get people excited, um, and then right before the 30 days ended, a really good family friend of ours helped me throw a fundraising show and Ah. that was what pushed us over the edge and thank you Dan Best if you're (laughs) listening to this Um, he's great and yeah just having a core group of people who really believe in what you're doing and are willing to help you is is crucial these days well you know so obviously likewise doing a show like this it's research, it's preparation, it's planning, and sometimes it's overanalyzing, just like probably with writing a song, you know, yeah. re- doing a rewrite too many times. And so I know that in the close to 180 episodes of the show, we've had a lot of guests on who have talked about the crowdfunding that they've done. And sometimes I get to a point where I say, okay, you've kind of talked about that enough, Bruce. You don't need to ask guests about it anymore. But then I also remind myself, there might be people who are just finding my show now. So do I bring it up again? And and what I'm going at is, forgive me, listeners. I, I appreciate and I love all of you who listen to the show regularly. And I, I'm so sincere when I thank you for continuing to listen but I have to ask again because there's always a different viewpoint. And there's always something new to be sure. learned uh, for the listeners who themselves are up and comers that are considering it. So when you said you did all this research, one of the first things that I thought of is because I have access of other people mm-hmm. is did you research the other crowdfunding platforms first to say, OK, I've decided that the one I'm going to go with is Kickstarter? Yes. Um, one of the other main go. Um, crowdfunding platforms is GoFundMe and there is kind of an edge to it I think now Um, Kickstarter was the most well known platform at the time I did my campaign Um, but GoFundMe is kind of nice because it's not an all or nothing type of deal (laughs) so Kickstarter was scary because if you don't meet 100% of your goal or or exceed it weren't you scared oh my god yeah I was freaking out (laughs) like you know if you don't stay on track you're just like oh my god are we gonna fail like is it just gonna be kaput and um you know so yeah the difference then for people who aren't aware um GoFundMe you can raise as much money in your goal and you still get to keep everything you raise even if you don't hit the x amount of dollars that you set out to make um with kickstarter as soon as you as you set your goal if you don't hit that you don't get any of it so there is kind of um an urgency to kickstarter that i wanted to take advantage of because that kind of Mm. 
inspires other people to help you out a little bit more too because they're like oh man high stakes you know yeah so that was part of the reason i chose kickstarter at that time and also like i said it was just a better known platform um a few years back well this question probably is a moot point since you already did it but looking back do you think that Kickstarter being set up the way it is, do you think that if you hadn't hit the goal, which would have meant that you got nothing, mm -hmm. do you think that the project would have been able to be completed anyways? That's a really good question. Um, I'm sure I would have found some way. Um, I probably would have just pushed it back a few months and worked my butt off to save more money up. <laughs> Actually, like as funny as it is, it's true. Um, half of the money that I used to get to Nashville was actually my scholarship um, oh at gosh. UCF. So like I'm invested. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if I had had another semester, maybe, uh, in my, in my back pocket, I probably would have been able to get up there. It just would have taken a bit more time. Well, let's keep going with, with the, how did you do that questions? Because <laughs> I also said in the intro of today's show, that you worked with several notable producers, and I specifically mentioned mm -hmm. Greg Reich and Ben Cooper. So how did you get the opportunity to get hooked up <laughs> with and work with those two guys? Yeah, um, so Greg Reich's old studio was, I think, less than a mile outside of my old neighborhood where I grew up. Wow. And my dad and I were driving around when I was, I think, in middle school or something. I had just picked this, up guitar. Is this the Orlando area? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, it's like... He was probably, again, like 20 or so minutes outside of the city proper. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, my dad and I would just go drive around, and one day they had this big sign out front, and it said, um, open mic. And my dad was like, you've never done that, really. You should do that. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. So I started going every week on Tuesday nights uh, to the Music Cafe. And I kind of cut my teeth there with all the other local singer-songwriters, and Greg himself ran the show um, even though he was like back in a control room and not really in front of people but over time you know a relationship kind of developed and my dad took my brother and myself in there one time and he was like hey like can you show the kids around the studio because my brother plays music as well ah. and um, my dad was really into fostering the creative side um, of both of us and so he got Greg to show us around the studio and they got to be good friends, my dad and Greg. And then the first project just kind of rolled out of that connection. Yeah. Um, so, that, yeah, it was incredible. Working with him was such a, a breeze and everything just came so easy. He's amazing. Well, I, I do wonder, though, you know, knowing that he has those kind of credits behind him, Deep Purple and ba the Backstreet Boys I mentioned in the intro. Mm -hmm. Was it intimidating at all because of those credits or was it uh, the way that I came to know him? We were very friendly, so I kind of didn't think about that stuff. Yeah. You know, it's funny to look back now because I feel like I would feel that way now. But when I was younger, I don't think I really had a, f a firm grasp on how much he had done. Um, and yeah, he's just such a humble soul and wow. so easy to get along with that you would never imagine he'd worked with all the people that he's worked with. Um, so he he's really approachable and we just got to be really good friends. Like I see him as a mentor and like kind of a comrade in the music business, you know? So, yeah, no, he was never intimidating at all. And then uh, Ben Cooper, how did you get hooked up with him? How did you get the opportunity? Yeah, so kind of a bunch of random connections that came to a point. Um, my dad went to school 
with Steve Azar, the country singer who sings, I don't have to be me till Monday. And um, he knows some guy that works at Belmont University really well. And then he, you know, just threw a bunch of strings. We ended up at this party, um, like an industry panel party kind of thing. And Gordon Kennedy was getting an award. Uh, Gordon Kennedy co-wrote the song, Change the World. Change the world. And... Ben, Eric Clapton. Yeah, Eric Clapton's song, yeah. Um, and Ben was his student at the time, and he was at the party, and we ended up just getting introduced loosely at this party, and I handed him off a CD, and we left. A couple months went by, I didn't hear anything. And then he called us up and was like, hey, listen to your record, and it's actually, like, you got a lot of cool stuff going on here. I'd love to just nice. clear a week and have a writing session with you for a few days if wow. that's something you're interested in. And wow. I was like, heck yeah. <laughs> like, I'd never gotten to do co-writes before and I was just, you know, over the moon. And so we cleared a week. It's actually kind of funny. I think it was two years ago, like now, because um, I remember being there around the 4th of July. And wow. um, we had five full days of just writing for hours on end and it was the most fun I have ever had um, and that's when I was like oh man this is what I want to this is really what I want to do for the rest of my and life listener she's serious <laughs> you should see her face lighting up as she's describing this, yeah. this story it's really cool sing that sing that air Clapton part again yeah change the world <laughs> See, I would sing it, but that's why all I did is I just said Eric Clapton when she started to sing it before, because no one wants to hear me sing, but that's, <laughs> that's cool. So, okay, so here's one more. This is cool. Sure. That full-length album of yours that I referenced, mm-hmm. its title track was originally written for the motion picture Bernie, which stars Jack Black, Shirley MacLaine, and Matthew McConaughey, although the song didn't ultimately make the cut. How did that come to be, though, that, that you had a song in that position of consideration to begin with? Yeah, it was that was a really cool situation. Um, I had rubbed shoulders with this um, entertainment attorney in Orlando. We were kind of working together for a brief period of time, and one day she just handed me this stack of papers, and she was like, hey, this is a script. <laughs> like, Check this out. And I was like, that's awesome um and so she was like yeah they're looking for songs like just kind of see if anything comes to you so i skimmed through the script which is hilarious by the way if you haven't seen the movie it's it's hysterical in a really dark way um but um naturally i was drawn to black right so come on (laughs) yeah (laughs) anything with jack black is going to be weird but yet hysterical exactly I love that guy. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And he's a um, musician. Go figure. Yeah, right? School of Rock. Like, probably my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> it's a gem. Oh, yeah. Continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, you know, naturally, I went to the saddest scene in the movie where this guy's, like, on death row. And um, I started to write the song um, based off of that scene and then around that period of time uh, my grandfather actually passed away and that was my first real personal experience with death of any sort and so um, I kind of channeled that and wrote the song and it just kind of seemed to fit that scene the more I got into the lyrics and I took it to uh, the attorney and she turned it in and everything, and I guess it made, like, the second-to-last cut, oh, where it was, like, almost in wow. the movie, but then they just, they, wow. they were like, nah, never mind. Um, 
but yeah, I get you can still go see it, I guess. Like whatever. <laughs> well, but here's the thing: I, I like all these stories that you're telling because, listeners, I will not apologize for the fact that over and over and over on the show, and a lot of times in my weekly blog, I'm talking about that. You know, you can never have too many contacts. Oh, for and, sure. And and you know, you truly never know who might be at one of your performances or whatever. And, you know, even something like this, you know, this entertainment attorney just throwing the script in front of you yeah. and being like, hey, check this out. And, you know, so I also want, you know, those of you listeners who are up and comers yourselves that are aspiring performers to hear the mechanics of how some of these things happen, because there's lots of different ways to get film and TV placement. Totally. And in this case, she gives you the script, you read it, and then you just start writing it. You never had to meet with, you know, the music supervisor or talk to him or her. You never had to go out to Hollywood or wherever. But now yeah. you just finished saying that it was like in the second to last cut. Yeah. And so only you and the entertainment attorney, you know, doing this together. And it got that far. So it yeah. doesn't have to be this intimidating process where aspiring artists say, oh, there's no way I could ever get a song of mine in a film. You never know. I mean, look at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always just take advantage of every opportunity to meet somebody new and see what they're up to. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me on location today here in Orlando, Florida, is singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist Kat Ridgway. Visit her official website at www.katridgway.com. She is quite active on social media. There are links on her website to Kat's Facebook music page, her Twitter, her Instagram, and her YouTube channel. She is also on Reverb Nation, and her music is streaming on Spotify. Do purchase Cat's music. It's available on iTunes. And keep up with her online so you can see where and when you can go see her perform live. If you are purchasing music of any kind, heck, if you're purchasing anything at all from Amazon, please go to nhte.net and click on the tall Amazon banner to get there. And by the way, I have learned that even if you use the app, if you go to nhte.net and you click on the tall Amazon banner, it will open up Amazon through your app. So it's all good there. Uh, Kat was talking about crowdfunding. We have a Patreon campaign for this show. If you want to donate, it's patreon.com slash nhte. Or when you go to nhte.net, you will see a button there to click on to go over to the Patreon campaign. I would truly appreciate your consideration of a donation to NHTE. Also at nhte.net, right next to that Patreon button, is a button for our Facebook group. It's called NHTE Listeners. Either click on that button or when you're on Facebook, just type in NHTE Listeners. Go and join that group. People talk about the show in there. There's a lot of musicians talking to each other. If you want to write in for any reason, podcast at nhte.net is the email address. And don't forget that we have an e-newsletter. You can sign up for that at nhte.net. And you don't have to sit in front of your computer to listen to the show. If you want to, that's great. But otherwise, there are icons that you can click on to go get it instead and take it with you from iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, or TuneIn Radio. Do subscribe and tell a friend. And, of course, our social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, there are icons for all of those at nhte.net as well. Well, Kat, when I first contacted you about doing an interview, you were not in Orlando. You, you weren't in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Heck, you, you weren't even in the U.S. <laughs> Far where, from it. <laughs> where, where were you recently, and what was that all about? Yeah, um, I have been... Or is, I should say, where everywhere. weren't you recently? Yeah, you were all over the place. <laughs> yeah, um, so I was just on exchange over at the University of Canberra in Australia. So I was studying advertising and graphic design for four and a half months over wow. in the other hemisphere. <laughs> wow. It was incredible. Um, absolutely amazing. Yeah. 
Um, and then after that, I decided to kind of backpack my way back home. So I stopped in Thailand for a little bit, Amsterdam, Berlin, Prague, and Munich, and now I'm back. Wow. Uh, <laughs> okay, so at the beginning of that, you said you started out in Australia. Was that the first time that you were ever outside the U.S.? Uh, actually, no. That was, I want to say, like the third time. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the first time was in high school on an art history trip um, over to Europe. That was incredible. And then I was over there again last summer when my brother graduated from college. So, um, uh, okay. yeah, but definitely the first time in Australia. So, <laughs> um, And I think I saw on your Reverb Nation that you played some shows when you were in Australia. Yeah, that was so much fun. Um, I landed and didn't even have a guitar yet, and I walked into this place uh, called Smith's Alternative off of a recommendation from some random lady in a museum. And I was like, hey, like, who does the booking here? And this very Australian-looking guy uh, named Nigel. Like, of course. It's the perfect name, right? <laughs> yeah, he comes up, and he's kind of, like, sleepy, and he's like, I do. And I was like, can I play here? And he's like, are you good? <laughs> and I was like, well, I mean... I'll let you be the judge of that. And, nice. uh, yeah, like that answer. yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, he got me playing all around Canberra and uh, thank you, okay. Nigel. Like that was so wow. awesome. So when you said, I'll let you be the judge of that, did he just say, okay, we'll put you in Friday night from six to nine. Or did he say, let's get you a guitar, come back and play a song or two for me. So I can decide, so I can judge myself if you're good enough or not. Um, yeah, I gave him a business card and I was just like, yeah, here's my stuff. If you want to check it out. And he was like, I have a good feeling about you. So I'm going to tentatively put you down on this state. And nice. I didn't hear back from him until the day before the show. And he was like, yeah, we're so excited to have Cat Ridgeway tomorrow, like on Facebook. And I was like, oh, shoot. Like, oh <laughs> all right, gosh. I guess I'm playing tomorrow. Wow. Called up my friends. I was like, you guys need to come help wow. and make it look like I know what talk, I'm doing. Yeah, talk, <laughs> about, talk about always having to be ready to perform. Yeah. Wow. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, are you stuck for a social media post? Spend some time online looking to see what dates are designated for a specific day such as Record Store Day, or even just Social Media Day, which just took place on June 30th. Or look up when the Grammys are, or the CMAs, and so on. Then tie in a post the day of, or the day after, to those ceremonies. Get a little creative, and think and plan ahead, so that you don't have to have an empty day or days as far as keeping posts up on social media. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. How about that? Helpful? There are a whole bunch of tips just like that over all the prior episodes of this show. To make it easy for the listeners out there who are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers to get the tips in one concise format, there is a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 1, Volume 2, and Volume 3 for purchase in ebook format, giving you all the tips from episodes 1 to 40, 41 to 80, and 81 to 120, respectively. Just go to www.brucesbonusbook.com for online ordering and instant delivery. 
Speaking of traveling, I mentioned in the intro that in late July you're going to be heading to Memphis to record. Um, talk about that and uh, tell the listeners where you'll be stopping along the way and how they can be a part of it. Yeah. Oh, man. That's that's a loaded question. I like it. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, um, my mom went to high school with this guy and his son ended up coming down to school in Florida. And so they reconnected and he used to be a sound engineer at Ardent Studios and found out I was into music and he was like, well, let's get her in Ardent, which is incredible because um, it's one of the most famous recording studios in America. So I am beyond honored and excited to be going there. Um, but yeah, when I, I'll be up there July 25th and 26th are our tracking days. And on the way up there, I'll be stopping in Duluth, Georgia to play at Eddie Owen Presents. Um, and a couple other places um, like around Orlando before I get out of here, um, which if you want to keep up with dates, you can check out my website. They're all listed there and everything's kept up to date. But as it relates yeah. to Eddie Owens Presents, though. Yeah. <laughs> so that will be July 23rd. And that will be streamed live on YouTube. Yes. So wherever you are, you can tune into that show. That'll be fun. And you need... Uh, uh, like likes, comments, votes, that type of thing during that live YouTube stream, correct? Yes. Um, so they kind of do writer's rounds, and the fan favorite gets to move on to the next round and so on and so forth. And, yeah, help me get to the last round so I can be cool. <laughs> right, so fan favorite means um, not just the people who are there in person, but the people watching online. Yes, yeah. So if you write in and comment like it um like me yeah that like counts as kind of a vote for me so yeah help me out on july 23rd <laughs> i mentioned that in addition to social media you're also on reverb nation and currently ranked number two by the way uh for your genre here in orlando you play a lot in in the greater orlando area any plans once that new single that you're going up to memphis to record once that's released do you have any plans to expand your live show destinations or, or, or maybe you'll even play out in, in Memphis too? Oh yeah, that would be awesome. Um, nothing too big in the works yet, but we have been tinkering around the idea of an East Coast tour, um, possibly over like Christmas break when I'm not in class at UCF, um, University of Central Florida. And uh yeah, so that's kind of up my sleeve at the moment, but we'll see what pans out. Um, lately, though, I have been playing a lot more gigs around uh, New Smyrna Beach and getting a little bit outside of Orlando and just more around Central Florida. Um, but, yeah, nothing too crazy but yet. These are all solo Cat Ridgeway shows, correct? There's not a band behind you? So far, that's what we have booked, but... Um, now that I'm back in the States, uh, the band is starting to rehearse again, so we'll be getting some shows together soon. Okay, and stick with us, listeners, because eventually I'm going to get to the multi-instrumentalist part of, <laughs> of Kat's title that I've, I've been calling her a singer-songer and multi-instrumentalist, so stay with us because we're going to get to that and you're going to be blown away by, by what she tells you. Um, in the meantime, your bio says that you have lent your voice to many notable causes, including Tunes for Tots, Make-A-Wish Foundation, and Hospice of the Comforter. I'm getting hung up on the word lent, that you've lent your voice to that. <laughs> did, did you really do all that and not get paid for any of it? Because if so, that's extremely generous of you, but 
If not, I, yeah. I would totally understand you're saying, no, it's a business. I've got bills to pay too. I can't be doing free, free, free. So so which is it? Um, no, I, I have donated my time and um, wow. a song actually even to those causes. Um, the most notable one though was probably for Hospice of the Comforter. They started a bereavement camp for children who recently went through a loss. So my good friend, Mikey, um, he goes by Mikey Chinchilla um, and I got together and uh, recorded a song for them and it's kind of the theme song for the kids to sing to kind of get through all of the craziness that they've gone through in the last however long it's been so yeah uh, that was pretty cool <laughs> okay but listeners you, you know the question I'm going to ask Kat now because this always happens when I get someone talking about an opportunity like that which is um, did you find them? Did they find you? Like, how did that come together? Not to mention, when it came to doing the song, did you say, "Hey, let me do a song for y'all"? Or were they looking? So those types of those—that's what's swirling yeah. through my head right now. Um, if I recall correctly, they reached out to me and specifically asked for a song for this. Then they gave me an outline of the camp and what the type of work they were doing with the kids. And so I just—I was like, "Yeah, I mean, I'm not doing anything else right now." So. Um, I sat down and wrote this song for the kids and got together with my friend. We laid it down, I think, in a span of like two or three days and sent it over. And they had really good things to say about it. The kids loved it. There's kind of a sing-along awesome. part at the end. So so are they based in your area or are they like out of state? And if so, how did they find you? Um, I think it was a local branch of hospice that reached out uh, to me. Okay. and. If I understood correctly, it was being used nationally, but I never really heard too much about <laughs> where it went after I gave it to them. So, yeah. <laughs> that's that's neat, though. And, you know, don't worry, listeners. In fact, this is probably going to be the next blog that I do, which means that that blog will come out before the this episode. But I'm I'm totally there on you know musicians have bills of their own to pay you know you sure. got to pay your own cell phone bill electric bill water bill gas in your car and all that so I get it about you know them saying people who say oh there's great an opportunity for some great exposure it's like exposure doesn't pay the bills but in this case yeah. you know especially if if the song did get used nationally and the mm -hmm. and the hook that it sounds like you put on it where there's a sing along mm -hmm. you know that's only going to draw more and more people to seek out who is this girl singing this song sure so that's you know that's kind of one of those benefits that you know is out there you're not really sure if you're going to get it yeah. but all of a sudden you know, you go, eh, I'm not sure what happened to that song, but wow, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't just for right here in my backyard. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah, it was really neat. And I mean, to use music to help people is always an incredible experience. And that's something that's just a personal mission of mine in life is to make people feel better in any way. So when I was presented with that opportunity, I was just like, heck yeah, like that's, that's what it's all about, you know? Awesome. I am Bruce Wozniak, and that right over there across the table from me is Kat Ridgway, even though you can't see her. Um, <laughs> she is a singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist. We are on location in Orlando, Florida. Visit her official website at www.catridgway.com. She is quite active on social media. There are links on catridgeway.com 
to her Facebook music page, to her Twitter, her Instagram, and her YouTube channel. As you've heard us talk about, she is also on Reverb Nation. Her music is streaming on Spotify, but do please purchase Cat's music. It is available on iTunes. And keep up with her online so you can see where and when you can go see her perform live, as well as for updates that she posts as she goes towards recording this new single. And, of course, don't forget about the live streaming from her performance up in Duluth, Georgia. Again, Amazon, if you're going to purchase anything from them, get it by starting at nhte.net. Click on the tall banner there to get over there or to open your Amazon app. Patreon.com slash NHTE is how you can contribute directly to the show instead of hoping that Amazon will send me three cents. Uh, Or you can go to NHTE.net and click on the Patreon button there to go over to our Patreon page. The Facebook group is called NHTE Listeners. Search on Facebook for it or go to NHTE.net and click on the Facebook group button. If you do have any questions, comments, anything about the show you want to send in an email, do so by writing to podcast at NHTE.net. And don't forget that when you go to nhte.net, there is a button there that you can sign up for our e-newsletter. There are also icons to go find the show instead on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and TuneIn Radio. Do subscribe and please tell a friend. Our social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, there's icons for all of those at nhte.net as well. Okay, here we go, Kat. Yes. Gulp. (laughs) <laughs> we're, we're in the home stretch here, and I haven't even gotten into this long list of instruments that you play, because I've been referring to you as a singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, as I said a few minutes ago. But listeners, check this out. So, Kat, you play guitar, harmonica, trumpet, trombone, drums, piano, and bass. Yeah. Is, is that all really true? <laughs> yeah. Um, Seven? Yeah. <laughs> um, the trumpet was actually the first instrument I was formally trained on and it actually it, it makes a an appearance in some of the live shows too which is really fun wow yeah. wow <laughs> and and so how do you go from starting with that to being now up to seven instruments oh man um like so how how when why and you don't have to go through all seven of them but sure you know to start with one and and I, I imagine this is not over the course of like years and years and years it sounds to me like <laughs> you know, you packed a whole bunch of them into a quote-unquote relatively short period of time. Yeah, my brother started to learn how to play guitar when I was in kindergarten, I think, and I was like, "Well, that's cool. I want to be cool." So <laughs> I started. He's older to, than you. Yeah, he's three years older than me. Okay. Um, so I tried to pick up a guitar, but at the time my hands were too small, and so I ended up fiddling around on drums, and then found my way to a piano, and that was all kind of too stuffy for me. Um, because I, I was into more like rock and not really classical at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got to fourth grade, they allowed me to join the school band a year early, and I was wow. just chuffed to bits about it. <laughs> and I picked the trumpet, and once I got my hands on that, I ended up getting my hands on a trombone as well because our band was so small that <laughs> we didn't have a trombone section so they were like cat you played brass like go switch to trombone uh, for this one song wow. and uh, i just kind of ended up playing musical chairs and um i have to credit just being in the middle school band for wow. my extensive um messing around on all these other instruments how, at, at <laughs> one point you said in there that oh you started messing around with drums and then you went to piano but I was going to say, like, where are there drums available? Where is there a piano available <laughs> to just go and start? But was it was this all school stuff? Um, it was 
my parents being amazing, <laughs> to be honest. Um, when my brother started with the guitar lessons, as soon as we realized I wasn't going to be able to move on with that at that point, um, they set me up in drum lessons while my brother was taking his guitar lessons. And so I had like the attention span of a squirrel, <laughs> though, and so that didn't go very far. Um, so we waited a couple years, and then my mom started taking me to piano lessons with like an instructor and everything. Okay. And over time, I just kind of wanted to do other things. So, <laughs> but then I found my way back eventually. So, well, I'm going to take an educated guess here, and I, I promise, hand to God, I, I'm not cheating. I didn't look at, at YouTube <laughs> or whatever, but you just said that trumpet could occasionally make its way into a current Cat Ridgeway live performance. So, I'm going to yes. take a guess and say that if someone went to see you perform right now, let me let me look at the list again. I'm going to take a guess and say that they would see you play. Uh, let me say guitar, trumpet, and harmonica. How how am I doing? Yes, yeah. no, maybe. Yeah, that's that's pretty standard for the full band shows. Yeah. <laughs> that, that you would play all three in one in one show. Yeah, and actually, um, our band, the guys I play with, are incredibly talented, and they all play pretty much every instrument in the band as well so we're pretty well known wow. around town for uh we all kind of stand up and just play musical chairs we'll all take a step to the to the side and wow. pick up whoever had an instrument to the right of us or whatever so like i'll i'll stand up and grab the bassist um bass and play that for the next song and then we'll switch around and then I'll be on drums for the next song and switch back around and back on guitar wow, and they all switch too so that it's alone is a, a reason for uh, that alone is a reason <laughs> to go and see cat in in per, uh, perform in person okay here's the one borderline challenging question of today's Ooh. interview when I went to follow you on Twitter it said that your tweets were protected and when I clicked on the follow <laughs> button it changed yeah. to pending meaning that I had to request to follow you on Twitter. Why the decision to set it up that way? Um, that's actually a super temporary thing. Um, I am in a sorority at UCF, and we're about to go through recruitment, and I have to have uh, all my social media set to private right now so that okay. people can't figure out all the other sisters that are in Kappa Alpha Theta. So, oh, okay. Yeah, it's like that'll that'll be open in a couple weeks. <laughs> okay. I didn't know um if it was a stalker issue or if it was um as you started saying that I thought oh she's going to say, you know, I don't want them to see my music persona yet or or what it was. Um Yeah. But, okay. <laughs> Just Greek life. <laughs> okay. It's yeah. Kind of a boring answer. Well, in comparison. No, it's a, no, it's 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 unexpected and you know as I say sometimes people have different strategies that they employ for social media doing sure. different tips and tricks and stuff and I thought hmm that's kind of odd because obviously anybody who's a performer wants as many Twitter followers, Instagram followers, blah 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 as I can. And I thought oh this will be interesting to ask her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's a fun question before mm -hmm. we wrap up with another song of yours. I half expected you to do the interview today in your bare feet. I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> your full-length album it's called On a Windy Day. It shows you on the cover, sitting down, holding some flowers, jeans, bare feet. And your passenger seat EP has a cover that shows from, and listeners, you'll have to go and look at it. It's, it's kind of shot like from the perspective of someone in the back seat of a car. And it shows outstretched legs from the front passenger seat. And again, jeans and bare feet up on the up on the dashboard. And then as I was listening to the two songs that you sent me for today's show, I swore I heard a reference to feet in one of them. Do you hit, what, what, what is the, what is the deal? Are you someone who's just always in bare feet because this is Florida or is it just, 
yeah, a coincidence or like what's the deal? That's really funny. I've never thought about that. I always thought uh, one of the motifs that came up in a lot of my songs were cars and driving and stuff. Ah. But you're completely right. Um, passenger seat says like feet up on the dash and then um, Aspen, the song I think we're going to lead out with, there you says go. Uh, dirt hit my feet. Yeah, that's really funny. Um, yeah, I guess just growing up on Clinton. the beach, I never yeah. really had shoes on that much. <laughs> so you've so you've been a lifelong Florida resident. Yep, Orlando, okay. Florida, born and raised. Okay, so you do spend a lot of time on the beach. But one thing mm -hmm. I didn't ask you about is I heard you say somewhere early on in, in today's show, you mentioned something about Nashville. So are you somebody who goes back and forth to Nashville uh, with some degree of regularity? Or was it, no, whatever I was saying, Bruce, I don't even remember. I must have just gone there once. Um, I'd say there's some sense of regularity there. Um, I was back and forth a lot, um, like a year, a year and two years ago because of the project, you know, that I was recording and in the middle of writing and all of that. But over that span of time, I got to know a bunch of really amazing people up there. So I go up every so often to kind of check in and play a couple shows or whatever, but awesome yeah but i like that you know that you that you told the story about going up to record in memphis because you know memphis in itself is certainly a music town and mm -hmm. i think it unfortunately kind of becomes the redheaded stepchild to nashville especially <laughs> because they're both in the same state sure and is this going to be forgive me if you said this already and i'm not remembering is this going to be your first time to memphis yeah, actually it is, which feels so weird because I have been to Nashville so many times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, like I was saying, everybody just thinks of, I mean, obviously people think of Nashville, L.A., and New York. Mm -hmm. And some people will say, you got to mention Austin, you know, or they'll mention certain, you know, maybe Las Vegas, New Orleans, places like that. Yeah. Um, but Memphis, certainly. So it is kind of strange that you've gone back and forth to Nashville several times. And now here you are making your first trip to Memphis. But I'm sure that mm -hmm. you'll probably, if we were doing this interview after you had done it, you'll probably gush all about Memphis and the yeah. history there and that type of thing. Yeah, for sure. I actually remember my guitar teacher came back from Memphis a couple of years ago, and he just talked for months about it. <laughs> um, there's a lot of really, really rich history up there, um, musically speaking. And I'm, yeah, I'm really excited to dive headfirst into awesome. all of it. Well, we're going to close today with a song of yours called Aspen, <laughs> which you mentioned a couple minutes ago. Mm -hmm. uh, before we let you go, tell the listeners all about this song, if you would, please. Yeah, um, this was one of those elusive songs where I had the chorus of it for years, hmm. and I just could not for the life of me figure out how to finish it. And when I started working with Ben, he heard the chorus and he was like, "This, you got to finish this, you just have to. Mm -hmm. And I guess I was just inspired by all of the cool stuff that was going on between me and Nashville at that point and having someone really believe in a song. Um, and I just kind of sat down one day and wrote the rest of it and it just came in a flurry. Wow. And, you know, obviously I had to tweak lines here and there as I was writing it and whatever, but it, it was just funny because I, I've never been to Aspen. I have no plans of going to Aspen wow. anytime soon. Um, but I do love the movie Dumb and Dumber. And I was just thinking about the scenes, you know, of, of like all the snowy mountains and whatever. And um, yeah, I just kind of drew a lot of inspiration from the imagery from that movie. And uh, that's I, how that I song believe, got written. I believe that um, when Jim Carrey is driving her to the airport, he says, where are you going? And she says, Aspen. And he says, ah, California. Am <laughs> yeah. I correct? Yeah. <laughs> 
that, that is neat though that that you wrote a song about a place that you've never even been to. Yeah, I actually <laughs> remember Googling does Aspen have trains <laughs> because wow. there's like a bunch of train references in the lyrics and the answer is yes. So like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I was what, what, very happy. Was the, was there you know a, a pretty I don't want to overstate it but a pretty serious fear that you're like wait a minute I really need to research this because I could conceivably get called out on it by someone who knows enough about Aspen to say there's no trains there. Um. Honestly, in songwriting, you can take artistic license. I never really was worried about it, but my mom is a very logical, left-brained person. And when I brought it to her, she was like, are there trains in Aspen? And I was like, oh my God, that is such a good question. I need to check. <laughs> there better be, because there are in my song. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. I was like, I mean, I'm not going to change it, but <laughs> awesome. luckily there were. <laughs> Kat, this has been awesome. Thank you. I, I really appreciate you driving over here and doing this today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And all the best as uh, as you continue forward with um, with what you got coming up in, in Memphis and beyond. Thank you so much. You bet. Listeners, that will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. I'm truly grateful to singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist Kat Ridgway. Do visit her official website. It's www.katridgway.com and then engage with her on social media. So that means like her Facebook page, Follow her on Twitter and Instagram, subscribe to her YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell her you heard her and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Remember that Kat is also on Reverb Nation, and her music is streaming on Spotify, but do purchase it from iTunes. Keep in mind that on July 23rd, you can see her performance from Duluth, Georgia, live on YouTube. Be sure to tune in and then vote and comment. Don't forget to visit www.nhte.net and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. That really does help the show a lot. If you are listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and repost episodes is how you share on that platform and you can also follow on soundcloud engage with the show too go to nhte.net and click on the icon to go join the facebook group you can also write in via the email address podcast at nhte.net get with us on the various social media platforms that you'll find links to at nhte.net instagram twitter facebook and youtube please also consider supporting the show with a donation through patreon there's a button at nhte.net for that and check out the t-shirts and hats at nhte.net too thanks for listening we'll send you out with another song from cat ridgeway this is the one she just talked about it's called aspen Somewhere in Aspen Jumped on out Miles left to go You could call it Reckless abandon But I'm done Only enjoying Earth through windows Somewhere in Aspen The dirt hit my feet Hoping someone would pick me up No idea where I'll go now But I'm glad because trains don't wander enough 
I guess it's for my health. And I said, Hey, oh now, now, don't you wait? I'm coming round. I said, Hey, oh now, now, don't you wait? Don't you wait? Don't you wait? Don't you wait?